This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. As we roll right into the phone calls, Mark, it's like the snow penis uh, story all over again. No, no, this is the uh, more property rights. More property okay, rights, that sort of thing. Uh, the conversation continues. This time we go to Jeremy in Indiana on the amplifier line. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. It's okay because I have the final death nail in this argument. Okay? First things first. Are you on a, a uh, speakerphone of some sort? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Are you on a heads, uh, handset phone or not a handset phone, but a uh, hands-free device? That hands-free? Better? That's it is. better. Great. All right. What do you have for us? Okay. Well, I think all you have to do is look at it from the perspective of each person, and you'll see that no one's rights are being violated. You're okay? talking about the theoretical situation where we live in a free market world and a communist decides to come in and start stealing things. Exactly. Okay. So let's say you own the land, and the communist comes on your property and is taking your car. Right. So you as the owner feel you have the right to shoot or imprison him. And that's completely valid within the free marketeer belief system. Sure it is. Right? Okay. Now, from the perspective I don't know if the, imprisoning would be uh, necessarily well, valid, but well, ejecting him from your property, I think, would, would be valid. Okay, exactly. Now, from the perspective of, of the uh, communist who doesn't believe in property, he gets shot or thrown off your property – and that doesn't violate him either because he doesn't believe he is his own property. That is a great point, and I don't know why I didn't think of it. Come on. So they're both living within their own voluntary belief system, <laughs> and no one's right from their own perspective has been violated. That is awesome. And, and you know, really, it just ties right into what I was saying last night, and that is that this is so t- totally theoretical, the idea that there really is a communist out there that truly doesn't believe in property. I don't believe it. They have to, they have to believe in property to some extent to function in the, in the world. But they, do, yes. exactly. they do, but they'll claim not to. Right, but if it's really true that they don't believe in property, then they don't value their own life because they don't own themselves and nobody else owns them, and so that's that. Shoot them at will, apparently, right? <laughs> Exactly. Brilliant, Jeremy. Any other thoughts? No, that's all. Thanks for the call. Appreciate right. it. 800-259-9231. I'd add something, but I don't want to get involved in this conversation. I don't want to either, but <laughs> then I came across this email. No, don't do it, Ian. Don't do it. And it was just so good. I, I just couldn't resist. All right. Now, it was written uh, this, you a know, few If you come ago. out with your email supporting your side, I get to pull out my email supporting my side, right? There's no email that supports your side. Oh my god, dude! I've gotten like 50 emails for people going, "Good going, yay, yeah." Well, that's because minarchists. well, that's because you know people um, when their belief systems are challenged, uh, they you know they get a rush out of denying the truth. I and think so that that might be exactly be the sense. case. Yes, that, uh, that <laughs> I think that might exactly be the case. Hence Joshua you and Skyler not uh, um, saying otherwise. Joshua emails in Ian and Mark while listening to Saturday's exchange. I was struck by a fundamental difference between you two. It's more about uh, metaphysics than anything mm-hmm. else. The difference this guy called in, didn't he? Is metaphysical. Somebody mentioned metaphysics. I don't know. I uh, metaphysics is that which is concerned with which that which is beyond physics, i.e., that which is physical or obviously existent. Ian, like many serious philosophers, has moved beyond metaphysics. While Mark is not. If you strip away all the BS, it's clear that Ian is correct in saying that nation states do not, in a st- strict, I-can-reach-out-and-grab-it sense, exist. 
The problem is that Mark is correct as well when he states that nation-states do exist, not because nation-states exist in some supernatural ether, but because they exist insofar as they exist in the minds of men. I think he's pretty fair with this email. Nation-states are ideas that move persons to behave in certain ways. In this respect, nation-states are analogous to ethical principles, like which likewise move people to act in particular ways, even though I can't reach out and grab the good. It's not something on a shelf, for instance. Right. Good isn't something you can touch. So, at first glance, it appears the libertarian ethic of non-aggression rests on a foundation that's similar to the one that the state enjoys. I contend that the similarity is merely apparent. The difficulty is that Ian is starting from somewhere different than most. He's beginning from raw facts. Persons exist, and they're interested in self-preservation. Where do we go from here? Of course, the lawyers will tell you that persons uh, are their, their legal creations, but anyway, he's not being a lawyer. Uh, where do we go from here? Well, people naturally go, I live here. I built this house. I tamed this bit of land. The fruits of my labor are mine to do with as I please. And person X does what she pleases with the consent of other persons who naturally have similar sentiments. The issue of defense comes after this particular state of nature has been established. At this point, we arrive at the non-aggression principle. For people to flourish in this state of nature, the most basic principle that must be accepted by those interested in participating is that force shall not be used to achieve one's ends. Those not abiding by this eth uh, ethic will be dealt with readily. And I think we can both agree that that's a, that's a society that would be desirable. It's a system that works. I'm all for it. An objection to this story of how a natural science of ethics might arise is that this is simply not the way things have gone thus far. And that is completely the case. Absolutely As I true. mentioned a few days ago, the history of mankind is a history of man oppressing his fellow man. And that is the most critical thing to get away from is to help people identify the oppression because now really our problem today mark is that the oppression has gotten so ingrained so it's become so subtle it's no longer the taskmaster standing over you with the whip in a cotton field but instead some far off bureaucrat sitting behind a desk somewhere who we've all most people in America have at some point decided that those bureaucrats are in charge of us and we take it for granted. We think that it's the way things are supposed to be, uh, but it's wrong. Controlling another person without his consent, that's slavery. And that's something we're, uh, we're fighting against, and it's right to fight against that. I, I would agree with you that it's right. More importantly, it works. Um, I, it, it, slavery it, or fighting against slavery? Um, being free. Okay. To do what you want. Um, that's a system that is extraordinarily productive, extraordinarily efficient. When you look at the government and you look at uh, bureaucrats handling things, as much as, as, as tempting as central planning is, it sounds efficient. You know, one person administrating, uh, administering all this stuff, that sounds like it'll make some sense. One bureau that's in charge of this, and it's not. That bureau overlooks hardships in people. It forces people to do things. It's funded by force. It um, it largely pays too much to do too little and does it way too late. I was just looking at an article today as an aside example of what you're talking about from uh, the Keene Sentinel here in town where the city planning board has uh, refused to rule on whether a new hotel can be built and, uh, and also a condominium 
a plaza of some sort. Right. And the reason, well, it's because some people think it's going to be too big. Some right. people, they've only got two story houses, and this is going to be four stories. It's going to overshadow us, and all kinds of other lame little objections to the uh, to progress. And the funniest thing is, the hotel is planned for a a plot of land where there exists. There's already a motel there. Uh, I think it'd probably be best described as a no-tell motel, like of, a shack of the, um, you know, the, the the worst sort from the point of view of aesthetics. I, I don't mean that it's it has the ugliest. It doesn't have hookers and drug dealers hanging out because oh, we don't. This is Keene, New Hampshire. There are it doesn't have drug many dealers and hookers, hookers and um, uh, drug dealers hanging out. It's not, if there were hookers and drug dealers in Keene, New Hampshire, that's they where would be I'd there. Them. That would this this is the lowest section of town and these people are concerned about a brand new four-story hotel going in and somehow out overshadowing this shows what luddites people all over this 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 story could be happening any place that there is a planning board and the city board planning board empowers people like this yes shut up and get about working to make your life better and stop screwing with other people. Somebody had a petition, though, Mark, which 70 people signed that said they didn't like that. Big, fat, hairy deal. Right. Those, those 70 people should get a job. Yeah, or move to a little enclave somewhere where they own all the property and they don't have to worry about a hotel being They're welcome to come to in and buy that land up and knock it sure. down or build a park, build a park or do whatever they want. Yep. Anyway... Uh, our emailer continues, but the reason, uh, he says, an objection to the story of how a natural science of ethics might arise is that this simply isn't the way things have gone so far. But the reason for this is that for thousands of years, humans have lived in ignorance and have erected all sorts of odd gods to explain the frightening world around us. With these gods came equally odd laws, you know, like sacrificing children by tossing them into large fire pits and such. Laws have been enforced by those who would benefit from them. Force and ignorance are necessary for such unreasonable ideas to prevail. Perhaps we are in a new renaissance, a new season of ideas where people will be enlightened. We'll explore. Coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. Some of those features include archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website. You download them. They're free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. We're in the middle of an email which uh, is addressing a a key difference, as uh, our emailer has determined, between Mark and myself. And I had never really heard of metaphysics before this, but now I know what it is um, since I read this email. Uh, metaphysics is that which is concerned with what's beyond physics. So, you know, with physics, whatever's beyond, uh, things you can touch, things you can see, things you can scientifically prove, that's pretty much physics. Um, I'm not sure that I would uh, agree with the characterization that um, you don't believe in uh, metaphysics, whereas I do. The fact is, you'll use these metaphysical things called groups Anytime it's convenient for you. You won't use them in the case of government and coercion and all that other stuff, but if you need to get something done, you know that um, you know dealing with groups is the way to get it done. You mean voluntary associations Volun- of individuals? Well, that's, that, that's what uh, – but you understand that branding of those groups works. Mm-hmm. So you'll use 
the metaphysical aspect of branding a group with a name and uh, you know an emotional like tie to it. Well, not just that, Communist. but the, the Free State Project. Come to a state, be part of a group where you can be free. You can work together with others to free this state. You mm-hmm. understand um, groups and how they work just fine. You are not operating like some idiot Are you savant. saying groups are metaphysical? Absolutely. That's exactly what he's saying. You, mm-hmm. Can you touch a group? Well, you can touch the individuals in the group. Then you can't touch a group, right? A group is certainly a, it is a concept, I suppose. Great. Now, on with the email. All right. Humans aren't so ignorant anymore. He's talking about the fact, the fact that uh, humans have been subject to other the rule of other humans throughout, well, history uh, up until this point. And he's pointing out that the reason that is so, beyond the fact that there have always been people that are, you know, that have been looking to control others, the reason that's so is because of the ignorance, just the mass ignorance that has afflicted the population of this planet. And he's suggesting that maybe that. You know, we're entering a time when we can wipe that ignorance away. He says humans aren't so ignorant anymore. We know the sun doesn't rise because of Apollo and that sicknesses aren't caused by demons. Though some people still think that. Libertarianism (laughs) at its noblest represents a first step out from under such foggy ideas. Moving beyond moralities based on the various metaphysical conceptions of good and evil onto the more firm ground provided by an ethical system that can be derived from human nature. Mark's opinion seems to be that all uh, metaphysical belief systems are equally unprovable, so it would be best to choose the one that seems the most benign and hope it works out. I'm only saying, um, no, that's not what I'm saying in this particular instance, and I really hate to get back to the the, the original issue, but I'm only saying that a a sufficient job of scientifically proving that um, voluntarism or free marketeership or, uh, you know, anarcho-capitalism or whatever it is you want to call it has not been done you cannot show a you know um individual logical link well that's okay and so therefore there has been a sufficient job done that proves that government doesn't work absolutely very you and i you and i agree the ideal situation here is that a state somehow given the imaginary right to use force will work to ensure that its citizens are able to enjoy some other basic rights that have been arbitrarily agreed upon and this isn't so bad the problem is that this trades one dubious belief system for another but mark thinks that this is all one can do with beliefs he can't conceive of a belief set that's based entirely upon evidence and is therefore true rather than one that in some way relies on metaphysical concepts falsities and fantasy to Mark, property is a metaphysical concept. You, while to you think this is fair, that's that's what that's the term you I use to characterize this email. So yeah. He seems very objective. <laughs> go on. While to Ian, it's I a just don't want to hash this out anymore. Just read it and get. Let's go on to the next topic. Term for some massive stuff that a person has worked for and is willing to defend. It's hard to deny that the latter type of property exists. There's evidence that big laws cause unfortunate, unintended consequences. There is evidence that big metaphysical ideas, when acted upon, lead to the deaths of many innocent people. Like, there is only one true God, and he wrote this book, or there must be common ownership of the means of production. Based on this evidence, it seems that it would not be unreasonable to consider doing away with such Rococo fantasies and begin again with a little more humility. An ethic based on non-aggression is such an attempt and should be recognized as distinct from other ethical systems in that its justification can be arrived at with one's feet firm on the ground rather than with one's head in the clouds. I would uh, give you that it is, um, it is an attempt 
that is the best so far in theory in theory it's the best so far at um not you know uh, dealing with the situation of non-aggression in theory yes and I'm also I'm not saying it's perfect it's simply no better. one has ever best. said I, I don't think I or any other advocate of the free market has ever said it's perfect mm-hmm. but but in failing you, I mean, you know, there's, it, it doesn't matter to me whether you got a 64% or whether you got a, uh, uh, you know, 2% on your test. You still got an F. Failed is failed. What do you mean by that? Well, it fails to, um, you know, address the situation of non-aggression of force. So, therefore, it is just as invalid as any other um, form of government. So, let's work on crap that works instead of talking about stuff that doesn't necessarily Well, I think work. that this does work. I mean, we've talked I, about it. I know it. you do. We, we've certainly talked about um, how the marketplace handles everything better than government. I mean, there's not one area uh, yep, where government with, can do I'm anything with talking, I'm better. I'm fine, fine with talking about um, you know, free marketeerism from right. that point of so view. So it's not like it hasn't been proven. The thing you're looking for is you know, 100% an example of a 100% free market uh, place that we can point to, which we don't have, of course, because no one has ever had the courage to try it, because there have always been, there's always been this mass ignorance of the populace. There's always been government uh, people in control of other people, and you know we can look at different segments of the marketplace that are less regulated than others. We can you know and we can see very clearly that uh, less regulation, good thing. No regulation, we could get along. We could get along just fine with third party uh, you know th- third party organizations, testing groups, consumer reports, things like that. Those people would keep us safe, and you know the marketplace uh, provides whatever it is people are demanding. I think so, that may very well be true. I think that. Um, I- I'm not ready to uh, advocate those uh, particular That's fine. Lines That's why you're here. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that because I thought it was interesting. I'd never seen that before an email. Um, I've never read anything about metaphysics, so I found it very interesting. So, Mark, before the show, you were watching uh, the YouTube debates. Yes, and I, was. I asked you why, you know, are you just a masochist? Do you like to listen to this trite crap? Or what do you... Why were you watching that? Stuff? The Democratic debate yeah. from last night. I mean, um, you could at least, if you're watching the Republican one, you could at least say, "Well, I'm watching for Ron Paul, somebody worth watching." But what on earth were you? I mean, I, 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 I guess Mike Gravel is okay, right? And as far as no, the Democrats are concerned, um, I, I've changed my mind. He's not. Okay. He's a populist. <laughs> I mean, um, no, uh, no I, I, the reason I'm watching is I'm a radio talk show host. People rely on me to do a certain amount of. Uh, of commentating on the news. They want me to be uh, educated on certain things, so I'm watching the Democrats uh, spew their socialist garbage. They were uh, busy finding, figuring out who could rob the rich to pay the poor as quickly as possible, from anywhere from reparations to raising the minimum wage. Well, that is what people want, uh, according finding to... Finding out who's black enough and who's woman enough. I think I, saw, I think I saw a poll recently that says Americans want to tax the rich. Nothing's changed in this country in the last decade, or not decade, but the uh, last hundred years or so. More on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 
It is Ian here with you, and joining us, uh, we have a special guest host, uh, someone who is uh, going to be filling in for, I guess, the times when Toby isn't here, because mm. uh, we normally on Tuesday nights have Toby on. Uh, he's one of the hosts of Free Minds TV, which you can watch at freemindstv.com. And Toby, he's a young guy. He's, what he's working he? his butt off. Yeah, and, so and that's 23. what you need to do. You know, when you're really young, in your early 20s, you got to have five jobs and do a whole bunch of things all at the same mm-hmm. time. So that's what he's doing, and so he can't make it here every Tuesday. So I figured, well, let's bring in the newest co-host of Free Minds TV. Uh, his name is Nick. And uh, Nick, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I'm glad to be here, Ian. It's uh, it's great. I mean, this is you're getting thrown to the wolves here because your first Free Minds TV episode was last week, and I saw it and I thought, man, he did a stellar job. Now, Mark, I don't know if you watch. Are you keeping up with the the Free Minds TV? I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't watched any episodes. Well, either. you really should check it out if it's been a long time for you. It's mm-hmm. the way the show has uh, has matured and developed. It's just in, and they do an incredible job with it. Uh, it's a it's a television show for those that aren't aware that air that airs here on a uh, local public access channel here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from. So first and foremost, it's a local show, but you guys do a good job of you know addressing some national issues and 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 you know even when you're looking at a Keene issue, you can still relate it to the rest of the country. And well, I think that's important. And we're doing that on purpose because we are trying to grow our presence on YouTube and um, other direct downloads from our website, FreeMindsTV.com. So. Exactly, and I think that uh, I know Toby has told me that he's really pleased with, um, I guess, the amount of effort that you've already put into to helping grow uh, Free Minds TV, which I think is great because, as I understand it, the uh, the YouTube views continue to uh, to mount, and uh, you guys have been getting uh, participation now. Now you've opened up uh, the voicemail line, which is cool because if you watch the show on YouTube, you can't watch it live, and you guys do it live here on the Cable Access Channel, so you can take live call-ins on the show, which is something you've been doing for a while, but now they've got this voicemail feature, Mark, where people can just call in, leave their thoughts and their opinions or criticisms or whatever, and then they can play the voicemails back on the air. Now, it's pretty now cool. Can't, can't Free Minds TV do some kind of um, video podcast or vodcast, I think they call these things? Um you could. I, people um, want these. We're things. floating ideas about doing podcasting. So okay. uh, we're we're in the building phase right now. The website's still pretty new, and um, we're trying to grow the show. But uh, since it's a volunteer effort, we're still uh, it, it, we put a lot of time in. It's I I didn't know before I got involved with the show how much went in to even making a one hour public access show, mm-hmm. especially when we have interviews that we filmed off site and that we're bringing in. Yeah, you guys do a lot more production than I do on my show. I just get on there, turn on a camera. Yeah, we don't do any production for the show. <laughs> it's very nice. Um, but, yeah, they're doing a great job, and so I recommend that everybody uh, who wants to check it out go to uh, freemindstv.com. So uh, let's continue. Mark, What were, did you have something you wanted to uh, address? Where were we going? Yes, now you can save that. time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. You know, I want to talk about the uh, the middle school sex offenders here in a moment, but mm-hmm. uh, first, let's let's go and address the marijuana issue. Actually, this is a drug issue in general. Uh, this is a story from NHInsider.com. One of our friends here in New Hampshire, Matt Simon, he is uh, the head of New Hampshire Coalition for Common Sense and a uh, group that's... Rocket Man? Yeah, Rocketman. Okay. He, uh, he's the guy that's helping uh, end marijuana prohibition here in, uh, in the state of New Hampshire. And so I guess he's got a new blog deal. And Anyway, the, the story is about the case of Cleveland City Councilman Michael D. Polensek. 
See, sometimes politicians get very angry when things don't go their way, or even when they do. Consider Michael Polensek, who recently wrote a nasty letter berating a young black constituent, Arsenio Winston, following Winston's arrest for selling drugs. Polensek wrote in his uh, letter, quote, There are only two places you will end up at the rate you're going, that is, prison or the nearest funeral home. Quite frankly, I don't care which one you get to first, as long as your dumb, stupid ass is out of my neighborhood. Now, likely, if you're in, you know, participating in the uh, the drug trade, especially something besides marijuana, that, that's a good prediction. You will likely end up in jail or prison. Fair enough, although he's not exactly the most tactful of uh, people. I'm willing to assume for the sake of this article that Winston is guilty of dealing crack in Cleveland. Too often, defendants in drug cases are considered guilty until proven innocent, despite the ease with which we all know drug evidence can be planted and despite the knowledge that the drug war has corrupted a lot of cops in a lot of places. I'm even willing to assume that Winston is a rotten human being and that the respectable citizens of Cleveland won't miss him while he's incarcerated. I think Winston's responsible for setting the Cuyahoga on fire, too. What's that? The Cuyahoga the river that goes through Cleveland that caught fire. I don't know. It's been like Rivers can catch fire? Only the Cuyahoga. Dow Petrochemical dumped a lot of uh, volatile chemicals into oh. the river. Isn't it nice to know that this 18-year-old kid knows more about the Cuyahoga than you do? I, yes, I've already been upstaged. This is, uh, this is great. And it's 19, by the way. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Oh, my God. I, uh, by the way, he's a, he's a realtor here in town, and I wonder, do you think, uh, Nick, that, the, that this uh, Free Minds TV gig is going to help, hinder, or do nothing uh, to your real, realtor career? Um, it's not something I broadcast on air. Uh, I just It, it seems a, a difficult thing to bring up. Uh, so I'm not sure whether it's going to translate into more business, but it can't hurt. Hopefully not. I, I managed to work as an advertising executive and still be on a very controversial radio show for uh, well, years. Um, and now I'm not saying that it's exactly the same. Your face is going on television, whereas I was using a, uh, a pseudonym. Right. Uh, but I got distracted. I shouldn't have gone there. Anyway, let me continue. Why is this guy, Polensk, so angry? You know, he's written this angry uh, letter to one of his constituents who was busted for dealing he's not drugs. He's not a constituent anymore. He's in jail. He can't vote. After all, Winston has been busted. And doesn't that suggest the system is working? Couldn't, uh, could Polensk be so frustrated because after 25 years as a city councilman, he's finally realized that arresting a drug dealer doesn't do anything to stop the flow of drugs in his city? In fact, it's worse than nothing. Jack Cole of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, who we've had on this show, and you can listen to our interview of him over at guests.freetalklive.com, explains that when a thief or a, thief or a rapist is imprisoned, the number of thefts or rapes actually decreases. The cost of investigating, convicting, and incarcerating such a criminal is a bargain for society compared to the damage he could cause on the streets. Mm-hmm. By contrast, when a drug dealer is incarcerated, there's never more than a very temporary disruption in the flow of drugs. Yeah, at the most. Right, and that's because the dealer has a customers, and those customers have needs that need to be serviced. And so when you pluck the dealer out of the, off of the streets, his customers start immediately looking for uh, a replacement. Mm-hmm. Many of them have an alternative dealer or two that they can call up to uh, to get product if the other dealer, because a lot of dealers in the, the drug dealing world are, you know, they're kind of shady. They're not the, the most reliable of sorts. And so when you call up a drug dealer to get whatever it is you're looking for, uh, marijuana or whatever else, you know, there's just a good chance the guy is going to be in a jail cell or he's just decided to leave town or shut down operations. You can't count on these people. So it's usually wise as a drug user to have a, a handful of dealers that you can turn to. So inevitably, when one drug dealer gets plucked off the streets, 
the customers just go to another drug dealer. And if there isn't another drug dealer, certainly there's somebody that's been watching and waiting in the wings just for Arsenio here to get busted so he can step in and, and take all of his customers. Anyway, the arrest only creates a position for the next Arsenio Winston who comes along. And when the original Arsenio gets out of the can in a year or three, he's not likely to become a nicer person. A shorter sentence won't change him. A longer sentence will only change him for the worse. And the job created by his arrest will be filled before his fingerprints are dry, perhaps by the very individual who snitched him out to the cops. Mm. Each new Arsenio Winston becomes just a new person for law-abiding citizens to hate. When what we should all be hating is the misguided policy that guarantees us a steady stream of Arsenio Winstons. Just as alcohol prohibition guaranteed the meteoric rise of Al Capone, the murder rate, and the rate of deaths from drinking. But rather than beginning to examine these realities, rather than considering rational solutions to the problem of rampant, serious drug abuse, our nation's drug warriors are busy spending our tax dollars trying to make sure seriously ill patients can't get their hands on a little bit of marijuana. Isn't it time we insisted they get a new set of priorities? After all, it's our money. In fact, it's our government and our responsibility. Liked it. 800-259-9231. More people need to start talking about this issue. It's one of the most serious issues of our time, and I really hope that we'll see at some point in all these damn presidential debates someone ask a question about the war on drugs, especially with Ron Paul in the room. Looking forward to that. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. Archives included. An entire year's worth of the show. Front page. Download them free at freetalklive.com. And did you know that 9 out of 10 lawsuits in the world are filed right here in the United States? Any number of lawsuits, court orders, or greedy bureaucrats could leave you and your family penniless. At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. You'll see that keepyourassets.net can help you be protected against those that wish to take your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. So, Mark, did you pull up the story about the middle school sex offenders? I didn't think this was possible. Well, it's it's a sad, sad situation. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised at this, but even I found this a little surprising. As jaded and cynical as I am. Two middle school students in Oregon are facing possible time in a juvenile jail and could have to register as sex offenders for spanking girls on the rear end at school. Corey and Ryan, uh, both 13, were arrested in February after they were caught in the halls of Patton Middle School in uh, McMinnville, Oregon, slapping girls on the rear end. Um, let's see. Um, Corey said, told ABC News on a phone interview that he was um, that this was a common way of saying Hello, practiced by lots of kids in school, akin to a secret handshake. Now, hold on a second. I don't know if I believe that. It, now, Nick, as the, uh, as the youngest member of the Free Talk Live crew, has, uh, was that something common that you saw when you were in school? Um, I've never seen it being used as a friendly way to say hello, but I do know that there was a lot more than that going on in middle school. Um, I, I would say that, that butt slapping is... It's done on in professional sports a great deal. Um, it, you know, right, without charges. It I I don't filed. Right, without charges being filed. I don't think that it's uh, that terrible. I think that uh, people of the same gender um, can probably get away with it without any kind of recourse, whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, when you're talking about slapping the butts of other genders, it's 
It's inappropriate. inappropriate. It's absolutely inappropriate. But I think it's uh, really inappropriate to send somebody to juvie for... I looked at this article, and I recall that said t- up to 10 years is what they're looking at mm-hmm. in juvie. And, uh, wow. And then a permanent sex offender record? Yeah, that's great, huh? I think it might be a little more appropriate to have them go and apologize and maybe clean the grounds of the school or something like that. Something a little simpler. Yeah. And I'm betting you... Now, maybe you can clarify this for me, but I'm betting that the uh, girls in question did not bring these charges. I, I believe that's the case. The boys uh, spent five days in juvenile detention um, in a juvenile detention facility and were charged with several counts of felony sex abuse for what they and their parents says was merely inappropriate but not criminal behavior. The local district attorney has since backed off. The felony charges have been dropped, and the district attorney said probation would be an appropriate a punishment. Um, but they were facing 10 years. But still, probation? What does that mean for a 13-year-old? Drug um, tests? I don't know if what it does means that mean? drug tests. It means whatever they want it to mean, really. When it comes to juvenile probation, it's whatever they say it means. I'd like to, I'd like to know what that means. Like by, from someone that, someone that has actually had juvenile you can probation. Actually, they can, it can be darn close to house arrest and that you have to report where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be in at a certain time. You can't go places after a certain, you know, I mean, like you can't see movies that end too late, all kinds of stuff. Hmm. All right, um, let's see. The Mash, uh, the Mashburns uh, lawyer said that prosecutors offered Corey a plea bargain, of course, because they wouldn't want to actually have to take this to trial and do some work, that would not require him to register maybe as a it's sex also, offender. Uh, maybe it's beyond the fact that they'd have to do some work. Maybe it's also that they don't want to take it to trial and make themselves look like awful, awful people, awful bureaucrats. Because that's just that's embarrassing yep. that they'd be taking someone like that to a trial. So by by preempting the trial, they're preempting any sort of extra news coverage that might come out about it. Uh, they're preempting themselves looking bad. Now, what here's what I'm wondering is this has gotten national news because it's so ludicrous, right? Yeah. What if it didn't? What do you mean? What if it, um, yesterday? Basically, they the, yesterday the the uh, prosecutors changed their tune as far as whether they were going to um, you know charge these kids with. Uh, jail time, possible uh, 10 years, that kind of thing. Yesterday, what if it hadn't hit ABC News? What if it um, hadn't become a national? They might be in a courtroom then. They might very well be facing all that. I, I would think that they'd still be worried about what, how the local media would portray it. I'm not, I don't know if in this particular jurisdiction the DA is elected, but it's a concern That's an important them. factor. That's true. If the DA is elected, then they're a little more cautious with what they do. But I'm sure the ABC article helped the kids out. It's just, it, you know, it's it's obvious. It, in instances like this, it's obvious where, what role the press plays in mm. um, American politics, which is get the beat the bureaucrats back into their caves. Right. And that's their job. Unfortunately, that they don't play that role often enough no. these days. We've seen similar stories in the past, not necessarily involving uh, kids, but just involving somebody being abused by the system. Um, though, of course, the kids the kids stories are the most popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the ones that the press isn't really afraid to address and afraid to take on. Um, you know, we've got of course story after story where kids have, for instance, started a lemonade stand without a business permit, and the cops have come in and violently shut them down. Uh, Then, you know, it gets reported in the news, and then the mayor steps in to grant them a special business permit exemption, you know, as though he's the hero, right? Yay, mayor. Uh, And so we've seen stories like that, but I I was actually posting over at nhfree.com today, the, the forum over there, talking about how... We have a, sort of a new, uh, newish user there, uh, a young female who sort of stumbled across this movement, and uh, she's she's just been overwhelmed with the things that she's learned in a short amount of time. I mean, Mark, imagine sort of being thrown 
to the, to the wolves as far as the your education on liberty, just discovering all of the police abuses and the governmental abuses, just opening your eyes to it all at the same time. How how uh, stunning that could be, right? Well, you know, I explained to her that this is how it typically works when the police do something awful to to someone. Uh, there's usually an investigation while they uh, give the police who are being investigated uh, administrative leave, which we all know is paid vacation more times, uh, more often than not. And then once the investigation is complete, typically the police will come out and say that, well, we couldn't find that they'd done anything wrong. Case dismissed. And so the cops get off without any sort of punishment, typically. The media usually just lets it drop. They don't ever push these things beyond the, uh, the police investigation. And I said, when, when and if there is ever a me- uh, news media reporter that has the courage to investigate the police, he's targeted for retaliation. So, uh, and that's not speculation. We've seen it happen. Mike mm-hmm. Kirsch, CBS4 down in Miami, was fired and uh, and retaliated against by the police because he dared to investigate whether or not they handed out complaint forms. I mean, it was one of the most lightweight police investigations you could possibly engage in, and it resulted in the police um, essentially going after him. And that's... I can understand, you know, being a journalist, you've got a family, you've got bills to pay. Who wants to rock the boat? And so today, that's what we're dealing with, where most journalists are are too damn scared to question the status quo, to to question the state, to question the system. They'll step out and they'll stand up for a 13-year-old boy, maybe, but anybody older than 18, nah, not worth the trouble. So, so they've dropped the uh, the charges. They're going for a probation plea out or they something. They haven't like dropped that? The, the charges. They've dropped the uh, the possibility that they're going to send these boys to prison for slapping girls on the butts in, in the oh hallway. Oh my goodness! Um, and it likely girls that haven't even complained from what we from what I can tell. Apparently, the the pa- the family still plans to reject this probation with uh, no sex offender registry um, stipulation. But the boys, if convicted on August um, on a in at an August twentieth trial, still face the possibility of some jail time. What's the charge? What are they going to be convicted of exactly? I don't know. Sexual harassment? It have to. I would guess it'd have to be sexual assault. If sexual they were, assault. If they were originally facing ten years, I can't think of any other charges they'd Lewd be facing. Lewd and lascivious, I suppose. I don't know. I guess that doesn't really fit the de- description. But the boys' families and lawyers said even sentencing them to probation would turn um, Im- admittedly inappropriate but not uncommon juvenile rowdiness into a crime. If they were convicted of any of the misdemeanor charges against them, they would have to register as sex offenders. It's devastating, said Mark Lawrence, yeah. uh, Corey Mashburn's lawyer. To be um, a registered sex offender is to be designated as the most loathed person in our society. It's true. These are young boys with bright futures, and the brightest of those futures would be over. And I think it's really important to point out that when you're 13, you make mistakes. That's part of being a kid. It's yeah. part of being a young person, a teenager. Uh, you screw up. You botch up. You break a window. You you know do, destroy some property on accident. You don't really know. You're not really taught what property is. You aren't taught how to respect other people's property is very efficiently. The government school system certainly and there's a way to about figure that. out. There's a way to figure out what is appropriate and inappropriate behavior. Right. One of those ways is by doing inappropriate behavior and being corrected. Right. It and I'm not be excusing it. A criminal I, charge. I'm not excusing it. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and you usually have to pay some sort of consequences for those mistakes. So you learn at a young age that when you screw up, you have to make things right again. You have to make your victims whole. And then, you know, everything's okay after that. But 
Spending 10 years in prison doesn't make their victims whole. It doesn't do anything to make the situation right. All it is is just this punishment, this mindless, we must punish mentality. And it's really scary that this is going on in the so-called land of the free. Want to hear how you feel about this at 800-259-9231. Coming up, the military, they're just so brilliant. They're rejecting gay Arab linguists. That makes sense. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number. That's 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's roll right into the phone calls and talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Todd in Michigan, going once. Todd in Michigan, going twice. All right, well, hey guys. there he is. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to talk to you about uh, about this whole um, uh, situation regarding the middle um, school kids. Yeah, just with, uh, for those just tuning in, uh, we're talking about a story out of, I don't know where the hell it was, but uh, two, a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old boy have been uh, arrested. They've been charged with uh, something like uh, sexual assault for running down the hallways of their school and slapping some girls on the behind. Um, right, this was... Right, this was in Oregon, uh, in fact. Correct. And, um, you know, the interesting thing that you brought up about this is, about the sex registry system, is that originally the system was designed to protect children from sexual predators online, or at least that's exactly how the, the system was sold sure. to all of us and, 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 and throughout the whole country. But the problem was this system has basically evolved into something that has become very monstrous and very disastrous across the board. And, um, I mean, uh, next thing you know, um, what's going to happen? Are we going to charge, say, a five-year-old for being a sexual predator because he managed to tap, um, you know, another girl on the butt, you know, with his hand? Um, And then the prosecutors will go after him and say, gee, he's a sexual predator, he's a, a pedophile, Um, it's it's gotten ridiculous. It is, and it it gets more and more ridiculous, Um, and especially, I mean, the whole system itself from the the get-go was ridiculous. Um, Now you're looking at people who have been convicted of the the most unsexual crimes, like, you know, urinating in public or something like that. They end up on these sexual databases listed right next to the the child molesters, the real dangerous people. There's, I mean, there's, it's one size fits all, and they're grouping everybody together, and that's not a good thing. Right. You know, and, and I find very interesting here, Whenever, um, whenever they talk about you know sexual predators, um, you hear something like, "Well, it's on MSNBC Datelines to catch a sexual predator." You know, going after these guys on the computer who are supposedly talking to these young teenage girls who are as early as thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, uh, they say, "Well, he's a wannabe pedophile. He's somebody that just wants to have sex with children." But that's the incorrect term. But pedophile is an incorrect about, term, you mean? Huh? The, the, the term pedophile is incorrect. That's correct. Well, um, the, 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 the interesting thing is, according to 
um, dictionary definitions, um, an older man, for example, who has a sexual attraction to a, a, a teenager would accurately be called what's known as an ephibophile. file or something like that, yes. Yeah. That's a and word a that no one is familiar with, and it's not as... Uh, and, and, right. and pedophile sells you know, news stories. Right, it's loaded. Right, right. And, and that's the interesting thing. They, uh, they completely disregard the distinctions between, say, a teenager who gets involved with, say, a man who is, say, 17, 18, or even perhaps older, but they always um, bill it as, oh, he's a pedophile. He's going after, you know, a 13, 14-year-old. The next thing you know, they say, well, he deserves to be on the sex registry because he went after this young girl, took advantage of her innocence, you know, all that garbage. You know, uh, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from on this, and I agree with you. Um, not only do they use the term pedophile, but they also use the term children uh, in connection right. with 13, 14, and 15-year-olds. And that ties right back into what we've talked about several times on this show, the you know childification of America, the right, idea exactly. that these uh, childhood advocates want childhood to last as long as possible. So they, you know, right. they label anybody who's under the age of 20 as a child. When uh, Julia, my uh, my my girlfriend, has made it very clear to me, she's told me several times that when she was younger, when she was 13, 14, 15, she was sneaking out of the house. She was going out and she was drinking at, uh, you know, guys' houses, and she was performing uh, sex acts, um, you know, on these guys. And she told me that she knew exactly what she was doing um it wasn't right. very childlike her behavior and to uh, to suggest that these girls are any more childlike is uh, it's dishonest and they they may not know exactly what they're doing but they know what they're doing i will tell you that you know well, i think I think if a parent wants to protect their child, then um, that's something that they can do. Um, but at the same time, you need to leave some space for um, you know 100, 150 years ago. Even some places in the United States, definitely some places in the world, kids were getting married at 13. Sure. They were starting right. their families at that time. Well, you know, back in ancient Egypt, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but it was very common uh, back in those ancient times for, say, a seven-year-old to marry by law because life expectancy was very short back mm. in those times. Right. If you were 13, and, you were half dead right. at that point. And, that's exactly uh, which, which is very interesting because most people don't even think about this. Right, Romeo and, and Juliet were like twelve and uh, excuse me, thirteen and fourteen in the play. I mean, that's how old they were. Right. Tom, any other thoughts? I, well, um, I just think that this is um, a very big travesty here, and I think what's going to happen here is is that it's going to be very difficult to actually clear these boys out of this whole sex registry nonsense, which has metastasized into something other than what was originally intended, and the state is to blame. It should never have been involved in this whole business. There should be left between parents and uh, their children on, on, on how to deal with guilt uh, um, strangers. And, um, and when it comes to teenagers, they should be treated like uh, adults and they should be uh, given a chance to make adult decisions because they're moving into that direction anyway. And to prevent them from doing that, 
would actually be uh, emotional and psychological harm done to them. Well, uh, I'm not, as far as I'm concerned, the parents can attempt to control their children's behavior in whatever manner they wish. Um, the, the intent of the law, on the other hand, to punish this sort of behavior, and usually it punishes, for some reason or another, it punishes the boys when it doesn't punish the girls. Because in this particular case, both boys and girls were butt-slapping. There's only two boys that have been charged. Oh, really? I didn't realize there were girls doing it. Yeah, there was, there was girls getting butt their butt slaps. The and in fact, it's, it says here that uh, but police uh, reports <laughs> filed with the court and said other students, both boys and girls, slapped each other on the bottom. Double standard, then. Well, how many, it is. how many older women do you see labeled pedophiles in the media? I mean, even when you have a case where it's a 25-year-old woman and Teacher a Teacher has 13, sex with yeah. student. Yeah, but the society They're never called pedophiles, though. You're well, right. Well, maybe by Nancy Grace or somebody like that, but it's, you know... That's an opinion piece. Yeah. As far as news pieces are concerned, I've never seen that. Todd, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you on this one. No 800-259-9231. Look, I don't want to make it sound like uh, we're coming to the defense of perverts... I don't want to make it sound that way at all, but at the same time, I think that uh, you know we need to be fair with how we address um, the situation, these situations, and and what terms we use. The fact is, these guys and and ladies as well, um, adults who are interested in teenagers, are not by definition pedophiles. So please stop labeling them as such. Now, if there's somebody who's interested in a prepubescent person, then yes, you have a pedophile on your hand. There's a def- there's a definite difference there. Um, does it mean that what they're doing is right? No. Um, should they be doing the things they're doing? No. But should they spend time in jail for attempting to persuade someone who is of a young persuasion to uh, to engage in sexual activity? That I think is is up for debate. What do you think, Nick? Should they be sent, uh, spending time in jail for attempting to uh, persuade someone to come over to their house to do who knows what? Mm, no, but I think there is a gray area when you're talking about ages, and a lot of it is based on the person, the young person. But, when, <laughs> if, if, I mean, I know the age of consent. I believe in Canada it's 14. It is. Uh, so I And I think that's a lot closer to a reasonable age of consent from my perspective you know they've got uh, this this to catch a predator show mm-hmm. and uh they managed to get one of you know they, they they pretended to be a young girl and and told one guy who uh to come over um you know enter through the garage be naked with a case of beer in your hand and right. the guy did it i'm sorry sure. when you got a 25 year old hairy guy with a case of beer in his hand completely naked in your garage that guy's a pedophile but he, a crime hasn't wrong been committed. With him at the a very cr- least. but he hasn't committed a crime he's just a I you think know, he did. horny old man and i should point out that show that you're referencing mark has also resulted in a uh, a fairly upstanding citizen in one place committing suicide because the cops came to his house and he got he was scared to death was he in a garage naked with a case of no, beer no he was not he was in his own home more on the way you can take control it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Some of them include the wiki. We've got over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I. FreeTalkLive.com. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online, FreeTalkLive.com. Again, all the features are free. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call. 
and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. All right, so let's talk about the military here because... They just keep botching it up, don't they? Not only are they botching it up over in Iraq, as far as the uh, quagmire is concerned over there, but but they just, you know, they just can't get their s straight. You would think that they might bend the rules a little bit when it comes to their whole "don't ask, don't tell" policy, which many it, people. It, I mean, that sounds like a bending of the rules, doesn't it? What do you mean? Don't ask, don't tell. Sounds like that's rule bending time. But that is the rule. That's the thing. The military is bound by the rules the politicians set. You mean, when, when, you, when you're saying they're bending the rules, Mark, you mean that they're bending the rules by not trying to determine whether or not people are gay or, or straight? Well, the military isn't um, is doing a certain amount of uh, asking these days. Now, m- maybe the story you're going to read is uh, not talking they about. They are. Uh, yeah, they're kicking guys out of the military. I get stories all the time. I have uh, you know gay listener that uh, is very concerned about this old don't ask, don't tell policy and. You know they're they're kicking people out, and in, especially linguists. For some reason or another, Arab linguists seem to be a, this, they're, they're yeah. kicking a bunch of them out. This is the area where you would think they'd bend the rules a little bit. And I mean, how many of these Arab linguists could they possibly have, right? Not not enough. <laughs> According to the International Herald Tribune, lawmakers who say the military has kicked out 58 Arab linguists because they were gay went to the Pentagon to explain how it can afford to let the valuable language specialists go. Seizing on the latest discharges involving three specialists, members of the House representatives wrote the Armed Services Committee chairman that the continued loss of such capable, highly skilled Arabic linguists continues to compromise our national security during a time of war. One sailor discharged in the latest incident, uh, former petty officer second class Stephen Benjamin said his supervisor tried to keep him on the job urging him to sign a statement denying that he was gay. Mm -hmm. He said his lawyer advised him not to sign it because it could be used against him later if other evidence ever surfaced. Are they going to charge him for it? Well, In in the military military, you you could be charged for lying on an affidavit. Right. If he lied about the fact that he was gay then he could be charged for making false sworn statements. I mean it'd be perjury. In an interview with the Associated Press, you just pull Bill Clinton. Benjamin yeah. said he was caught, prop, uh, caught improperly using the military's secret level computer system to send messages to his roommate who was serving in Iraq. Those messages, he said, may have referred to being gay or going on a date. So that actually confirms a story we read earlier this year, and that was that the military was going to start monitoring uh, communications from their soldiers. They're going to be monitoring blog posts. They're going to be monitoring emails. Uh, they want to make sure that they aren't revealing any information to, uh, I guess, anybody including their sexuality. Yeah, God knows. It'd be dangerous if our soldiers were gay. He said, I'd always been out since the day I started working there. We had uh, conversations about being gay in the military and what it was like. There were no issues with unit cohesion. I never caused divisiveness or ever even experienced slurs. He was discharged under the Don't Ask, Don't Tell law passed in 1994. The law allows gays to serve if they keep their sexual orientation private and don't engage in homosexual acts. Well, it sounds to me like he was keeping his orientation private. He was sending what he thought were private instant messages to a friend of his. Seems private to me, but someone stuck their nose in and determined otherwise. It prohibits commanders from asking about a person's sex life and requires discharge of those who acknowledge that they are gay. And, you know, the story goes on to talk about some other guys that have been booted out. But they're kicking out the linguists. This 
it just shows how asinine the government can really be. It's really all about uh, adhesion to their rules and nothing else. There's no logic here. There's no thinking here. It's zero tolerance. It's the same uh, idiotic mentality that we see in the government school system with weapons and uh, and with drugs and that sort of thing. Zero tolerance. We won't stand for it. Zero tolerance for you gays. We are out of here. Even if we do need your services. Dressed dead, dreadfully. We need you. We don't have very many right. Arab linguists. But we're going to kick you out anyways because we have rules and they must be adhered to. It, makes, it, may, it seems crazy to me that um, they would be kicking out Arab linguists at this um, this time when it's you know, we, we're in, we need them so much like they'd rather lose the well, war the military needs them right well the military needs them they'd rather lose the war than to have gay people um, in the military to be fair though they're not going to win or lose based on whether or not the linguists are there it's just going to make it easier for them to get along on the ground that's all make it easy make it easier to you know understand if someone is telling them uh, in their foreign language over there whether or not they planted the bomb. So instead of having a bunch of Americans yelling louder and louder, you know, you know how people do when when they uh, detect that someone doesn't understand their language, they just get louder because that solves the problem. Well, what else are you gonna do? Right. Um. If if I, I don't know, the it seems to me that uh, they would be. It's very important to have these guys around, asking questions of prisoners, um, you know, interviewing the uh, locals, that kind of thing. I I don't know. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you've uh, been in the military and you want to share some of your asinine military stories with us, uh, please do. Let's go to the phones. You can take control and bring up anything. It's John in Ohio listening on WAIS. Hello, John. Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh, I was listening to you talk about the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, these uh, kids that were are getting were possibly facing up to ten years in juvenile prison for slapping some girls on the butt in their middle school class. Yeah. Well, uh, down in southern Ohio, uh, across the river from Huntington, West Virginia, mm-hmm. there was a nine-year-old and 11-year-old boy, uh, two boys, held down a five-year-old girl and raped her. Oh, dear. And oh, each, my. Each one of them raped her, and mm. they knew very well what they were doing. Okay. And she's recovering in the hospital. Yikes. So... I just thought that was pretty interesting, you know, that uh, I don't feel like these young kids are as innocent as they're letting on. They see this stuff at home, and then that it's embedded in their minds, and they take it right on with them through well, their life. In this particular case, um, the, it was both boys and girls slapping each other on the bottoms. And yeah. uh, apparently these boys are the ones who got brought in. I don't know if they're the ringleader of the bottom slapping or what they are, but... I, it's I, it's inappropriate. You know, Slapping I, a bottom, inappropriate. Rape, touching never. Touching a breast without asking is not prison time as far as I'm concerned. Not when, it, not when you're talking about a 13-year-old kid. Now, when you hold down somebody, uh, you know, uh, hold them down and rape them, that's something entirely different to me. Yeah, Absolutely. to me it is, too. It's, it's totally different, but I, I just feel like that it builds up from... Not being corrected. I think they should be corrected, absolutely. But, I mean, would you agree, John, that 10 years in prison, that's out of control for a slap on the butt? All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And it looks like our server's down, so I get to deal with that here in a moment. We'll try to get our uh, Internet streams back up, and uh, we'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com, the place to go if you want free stuff. Because those other radio talk show hosts, they charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free and Ours is better. Freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Now then, uh, we've been talking a lot about this story out of Oregon with a 12- and 13-year-old boy in their middle school being charged with sexual assault because they slapped some girls on the bottom in their, uh, in their middle school class. And inappropriate behavior, for sure. Does it deserve a prison, prison sentence? No way. However, we're going to give these guys some tips because, Mark, you've got the top ten things Never to do on a first date. And this is important stuff, especially for young people, especially for people just breaking into the dating world. And you know what? Maybe maybe there's something here for adults as well, right, Mark? Let's would... get into that in a moment. But first, to the phones and to the fun. It's Kurt on the amplifier line in Michigan. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen, how are you today? Great. Good. What's up? Oh, not too bad. I have no tips for people on first dates since I've been married already, and I've forgotten all that, luckily. But Very good. I... I wanted to talk about, uh, uh, in listening to your uh, past podcast, and, and you guys were talking about uh, animal rights. And um, I uh, uh, came across a story in my newspaper, local newspaper, the Free Press, about one of the local judges. And what had happened was a, a gentleman had moved out of his house and basically left his dog there to starve. Oh, dear. Hmm. Sad. A, a dastardly act, indeed. Indeed. Um, but he was sentenced to uh, 93 days in jail. Um, and what what really caught my eye was what the judge had said. Okay. Um, uh, the judge said, this is murder. A, an animal, in this court's opinion, is no different from a child. Hmm. And I thought to myself, well, what was on your grill on Independence Day? <laughs> Yeah, I think but, that maybe maybe he's taking it a little too seriously. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's dastardly, certainly, but uh, to compare it to uh, humans is, it, I don't know, it's, it's not. It's just not cool. I mean, well, it's wrong. Animals, animals have only perceptual capabilities. We possess conceptual capabilities. How do you bestow upon an animal rights when you cannot expect it to respect those rights of others? It's an excellent question, one we addressed, uh, I think, last week it's on the show. It's called anthropomorphism. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, this is going to be an issue. That, this, is, this is almost like abortion, right? It's never going to be solved because certain people, they have a real affection for certain types of animals, although they probably don't have the same affection for, say, snakes or rats. 
um, but they have certain affection for them, and they're going to defend them to the you know the very end of time, similar to how abortion uh, proponents and foes will be going at each other's throats forever, and they'll never come to an agreement on where life begins. Similarly, nor will anyone ever be able to agree on whether or not animals have rights or should be treated in the same way as uh, as human beings. Though I'm I'm with you, Matt. I think it's uh, it's absurd to uh, suggest that that an animal is is fundamentally at the same level as a human being, I think that what the guy the guy did was awful. Um, should he be spending time in jail for it, though? Mm, I don't think I, so. I don't, I don't think so, but I, I do think someone should take him out back and maybe uh, beat him up a little bit. <laughs> I, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems so... It's so sad. I, I really... Um, the, the, the idea that somebody would uh, treat their dog like that, but... You know, if we start Maybe passing, it was a bad legis- dog. if you start passing legislation about uh, that's, that's awful. Um, if you start passing legislation about uh, what a person can and can't do with their dog, then pretty soon somebody's going to pass the legislation about what you can and can't do with your cow or a pig. Mm-hmm. And they're working on it. Yeah, they absolutely are. You know? And um, you know where it it might tug at my heartstrings to see somebody, uh, you know, torture a dog, beat a dog, do something terrible to a dog. I managed to eat um, a cow for lunch. Or part of one, at least. I think the best thing you can do in this case is to out this man. I think you, the best thing to, that you can do is not to put him in a jail cell, because that's just going to cost us all. We all have to pay for that. Um, the best thing you can do is to out him in public, out him in the newspaper, out him on television, out him on the radio, and say, so-and-so left his dog in his house and did not leave him any food. He doesn't care. He's a jerk. He hates. Uh, he hates animals. We just thought you should know that about him. And you know, spread the word around. Put his post his picture up on some telephone poles and that sort of thing. It costs a heck of a lot less to do that sort of ostracization than it does to put him in a jail cell. And it's going to do a lot more as far as you know, making him real, really feel it. Um, okay, he's going to think it's serious when he goes to a jail cell, but at the same time, when people refuse to start doing business with him or c- refuse to continue doing business with him because he's a jerk, then he's really g- it's really going to hit home. And he's going to realize he's made a big mistake. Yep, yep. Kurt, thanks okay. for the call, man. Appreciate Thank hearing you. from you. 800-259-9231. Nick, kind of silent on that one. How do you feel? Well, um, I-, I think with animal rights, it's I don't really buy it because animals are property. And when you start talking about property having rights, well, if the animals really have rights, then we shouldn't be keeping them in cages or as pets. Uh, you know, I obviously don't think – it disgusts me when I hear about people um, mistreating animals. But uh, by the same token, I know um, it's taken too far a lot of times, uh, especially militant vegans and animal rights activists um, are looking to ban even uh, – run-of-the-mill agricultural yeah, practices. They don't, they don't even want you to milk the cows. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Well, Where do you sla- draw the line? Th- they say that keeping horses is enslaving a noble species. That's, okay. That, yeah. That <laughs> if is, you let the horses Peter's run wild, thing. then uh, they'll be victimized by uh, by tigers and things like that, or whatever the hell it is we have in, the, in our forest that will... Maybe jaguars down well, in Florida, for instance. Uh, yeah. I don't think people like PETA think it out that far. They just they don't like the fact that animals are kept on farms. And right, and they don't understand their... the fact that keeping an animal on a farm and keeping an animal as property helps promote that species. Uh, Mary Ruart, in her book Healing Our World, which I highly recommend, uh, especially to those newer to the, uh, the liberty movement, uh, which you can read for free at her website, ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com. She does an excellent job of really explaining this. And she goes over to, uh, she looks at African countries. 
some of which have uh, you know bans on killing certain animals. And she also contrasts those countries with the other Afri- the handful of African countries that allows ownership, let's say uh, buffalo or elephant, something like that, uh, that allows the ownership and the harvesting of products from these animals. Turns out that the country where it's prohibited in order to protect the animals, where it's prohibited to own, prohibited to turn them into products, they're, uh, they're dying off. They're becoming extinct. Now, in the countries where it is fully legal to travel, uh, you know, to own and to trade in these animals and their products, they're flourishing. The, the amount of animals uh, in question are growing in those countries, and they're contracting in the countries where they're illegal to own. Well, so un- it's very clear what happens. Unfortunately, South Africa just recently took a step backwards uh, from the perspective of allowing animal ownership. Um, they had allowed the practice of essentially farm-raising lions mm-hmm. um, because there is a large uh, outfitted hunting industry in South Africa, uh, guided tours on safaris and that kind of thing. Americans dump a lot of money. Shoot them in a barrel kind of thing? Uh, it's, it's really not, though. The animals uh, have – a lot of these ranches are like 40,000 acres. Okay. So there is an element of fair chase to it, but the argument was it wasn't fair because – the lions have been fed by people, which might be true, but I don't think there's much fair when somebody uses a gun to hunt an animal. It's not a very fair sure. pursuit from the it, get-go. It's never but, been fair. But the problem is, I mean, they showed just one of these hunting outfits, and they raised, they kept 250 lions on their premises that they fed, and their population was pretty steady at about 200. That may be more lions than any one any given African country where they're prohibited. Right, and there's. In this case, they have a use, and there's a reason for the landowner to keep it around. If they're not keeping these lines and they're not making money off them, one, they can have people hunt them right off the property, or two, they're going to have to get rid of them because the only alternative is to uh, raise livestock and they can't have lines around. Right, and when they're off of the property, when they're outside of your ownership and your control, then they're subject to any poacher that wants to come along. Poachers won't mess with somebody's private property because they know, they know they're going to come up against defenses, whereas if it's just some random wilderness somewhere, it's open game for anybody. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want, toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you purchase through that link... Free Talk Live gets a percentage of the sale. Um, in any one of their 41 categories of products, heck, if you even buy a gift certificate, we get a cut of that too. Uh, everything pretty much that they sell, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of. So not only are you getting a huge selection of products, because you know Amazon, they're the world's largest internet retailer. Not only are you getting their huge selection of products and uh, great prices, great free super saver shipping deals on many of their items, but you're also helping Free Talk Live out at the same time. And you don't have to uh, brave the parking lots and the lines and the and the stores. You, know, you can do it from the comfort of your home. Amazon or at work. Amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, let's lighten things up a little bit here. Since we've been talking about the serious issue of young people being charged with sex crimes for slapping each other on the behind, which, while maybe inappropriate, um, it's certainly more inappropriate to send them to a jail cell um, over it. Apparently, our young people need a little bit of a lesson in tact. And um, to that end, you have the top ten things not to do on a first date. Yeah, I think that this is more aimed at adults, but certainly you can apply this to your life if you're uh, you know, under the age of 18 or 21 or whatever. Okay. Number one, 
never talk about your ex. No one wants to hear the details of your past relationship. Where's this from, by the way? Oh, um, it's from uh, these words. I don't even... um, Sockybirdie.com. S-O-C-Y-B-E-R-T-Y.com. Sounds reputable. (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's just a top ten list. It's a good one. I read through it. I like it. So off we go. All right. (laughs) Um, No one wants to hear the details of your past relationships, even though you might not realize it. Sounds like you still have a thing for them. Even saying negative things can get you in trouble. Maybe you still, um, maybe you're still in love with them. Are you always this immature, saying negative things about other people? What is it that he or she is going to tell the next um, next one about me? How many relationships have they been in anyway? These are just some of the questions you may leave in the mind of the other person when you talk about past loves. It's best not to bring the subject up, and if they do, try to avoid it um, swiftly and change the conversation by answering with. I don't live in the past or something like that. So. That's an. I think that's an excellent point because nobody wants to uh, think that you're obsessed over your ex, right? right? And if that's all you talk about, especially at a first date, the first time you've really met somebody, I mean, that's generally, I mean, first, that's like first few dates. You, I mean, in general, why, mm-hmm. why uh, bore someone with uh, all your problems from your prior relationship? Right, and if you're talking about your ex, it might be a good indication that you're not really ready to start dating again if that's what you go to on a first date and harp on. It's a good point. You should be asking them questions about their life uh, more so than talking about yours. I was sort of left wondering after I read all ten of these things, what are you going to talk about on this first date? (laughs) Anyway, number two, don't talk about any medical conditions. This is for the older folks. (laughs) Your date could care less about your mother's blisters or your ulcers. It's gross and it really turns people away. There's a time and a place to talk about medical issues and the first date isn't one of them. If you have a contagious disease or something you think um, they should know about, then tell them beforehand. I'm not suggesting that you hide any medical conditions you have, but it's not contagious. Why tell them on the first date? I'm not even sure that I would even, yeah, I, um, I suppose tell them beforehand before you have sex, I guess is what they're talking about. Now, I would agree with that. I think addressing a medical condition in advance is appropriate, but uh, addressing it over dinner, maybe not the most tactful. Mm. In your case, you should warn them about mental illness. <laughs> Try not to talk about body parts. Luckily, I don't need to date. Little, th- little things like, I like someone who has a pretty smile will leave the other person wondering how their teeth look. And whatever you do, don't ever mention sexual parts. Trust me, it's a bad idea. Okay. Don't compare. You also don't want to compare the other person with your parents, past lover, a friend, etc. Comparing you remind a- me of my dad. Yeah, comparing a person to someone else um, sets a tone for an awkward moment of silence. Besides, would you right. like to be compared to someone else's dad? That's a great point. I think that one's a bit more iffy. You could compare them to a friend or something, I think. I don't think it's a, a mortal sin to bring that up on the first date. I've always, um, personally, when I've ever been compared to people, it leaves me kind of cold, you know, a little, little damp. Oh, you're just like somebody I know. I don't know them. Maybe. but there, That's I, how I feel. There are other it. things on the list that I think are definitely more important to avoid than... That much is true. I, I, I'm, I'm with Nick on that one, but I see where you're coming from, Mark. It's like, yeah. who are these people? You don't know who they are, so the comparison's pretty, pretty much meaningless to you. All you can really do to that is say, oh, great. If, I if, guess that's a good thing. If I, get I hope. Com- if I get compared to someone's dad, likely I will consider that a, a relatively good thing. But if I get compared to you know, some friend you know or something like that, or, you know, what, what, what does that mean? It's just some kind of associative thing that goes on in your brain. It really doesn't um, concern the other people. Yeah. I don't know. 
Leave Number all, five. Leave all the wild party memories at home. The other person will be more impressed with positive accomplishments you've made or goals that you might have. Do you really think you'll impress them with stories of how of you getting drunk? Drunk stories may look make you look cheap and immature. Yeah, I know that wouldn't impress me, though. I mean, that is what typically people do with their time. Um, you know, especially young people. And again, this is targeted, you say, at, at older people, but... I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm just reading them through, and, and I would say that if, uh, you know, for a 36-year-old guy, this is good advice for going on a date. It, it seems like from popular culture, you know, when you look at popular culture and you look at what young people are doing, and, and adults too, but uh, people are going out and they're getting drunk on the weekends, and that's what they talk about when they go back to work on Monday is, oh! so trash it just was so crazy and you know that's all they talk about so it may be difficult if that's what their life is there's mm-hmm. a guy that julia works with at work that you know he's really proud that he gets drunk every night of his life you know if that's what your life is then finding something else to discuss might be a challenge well likely he'll handle that problem on his own by finding somebody who is very interested in that same in drinking. activity yeah. yeah um number six marriage is not a good subject it's the first date. Don't talk about what you're looking for as in long-term goals. Uh, you only, uh, you're only going to scare them off. Even if you think or know that they're the one that you've been looking for your whole life, keep it to yourself for now. The whole I love you marriage ideas can wait a while. <laughs> I don't know about what... That's a tough one, man. Maybe um, what one's looking for in, as in long-term goals. Right. Um, you know, what one's planning for one's life. I don't think that that's a problem. Um you know, if you intend to be married in your life or don't intend to be married in your life, why conceal that? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a great starter conversation. I don't think I it's mean, a starter conversation either, but you've got to talk about something on right. the supposed first date. I think long-term goals is something you could discuss, mm-hmm. but I think I think marriage, bringing that topic up, might be something to stay away from till the second date anyway. Yeah, I, and, I, I think you might be right. It's, and I love user, just they come off as kind of cheesy if you drop them on the first date. Oh, that, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 not. Uh, That's desperate. Yeah, it's absolutely it's silly. Um, it makes you look ridiculous. How could I mean, you? Who right? who could um who could believe that? <laughs> Especially with the first time, the first time you met somebody. Either you're weird and crazy, or you think I'm dumb if you say I love you on the first date. <laughs> I mean, those those are your choices. Either that, and, and you know, I'm assuming that it would be a boy that would drop those on. Now, um, here's an interesting uh, trying to get into someone's pants, or a girl that I don't know who's off a rocker. Now, hold on a second. Now, obviously, things today are a little bit different than they were 20 or 30 years ago, in that we now have this phenomenon of internet dating, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you? I mean, how does it work when you've got, say, let's say you've had a year of con- conversing with somebody on the internet because mm-hmm. what we're t- what we're presuming here is that this first date is the first time these people have ever had any real meaningful connection. What happens if you've got uh you know an, a year's worth of telephone calls and instant messages and emails before you finally met this this person uh is is an I love you as inappropriate in that circumstance? Um I I, I, I would be a Awkward, little... Awkward, yes. If you'd said it, it already, had, had you said it already on I, the telephone? I'm just asking. I don't no, know. No, not the first time you meet them. Um, no. But if you have already said it on the telephone, there's no reason not to uh, continue with it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, on the, if you're looking for a first date after you know meeting someone that you've been talking to for an extended period of time on the internet and on, via telephone, that kind of thing, talk about that first meeting. 
discuss what it's going to be like, what you're going to do, what you're going to talk about, how you're going to um, you know, react when you first see the person. You know, Get it all out in the open so that there's not so much of this, I don't know what's going to happen the first time I see them. Am I going to get mm-hmm. a hug? Am I going to get a kiss? Am I going to you know, shake hands? It, like it, it leaves you too much. You won't have that awkward, uh, right. what do we do next feeling. Because you know, you're comfortable talking on the phone. You're comfortable um, discussing things on the Internet. Talk about those things while you're comfortable, not in the uncomfortable circumstance where uh, you just meet them. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I think I could, because I personally know people who have um, carried on Internet and phone conversations mm-hmm. and built a relationship that way. Um, I think it might be appropriate. Maybe not necessarily in I love you, but I think you're much more familiar with the person at that point, And you have effectively talked about everything you would normally talk about on a, the first several days. I'm just saying don't drop the I love you bomb that night. That's all I'm you mean, saying. You mean when, uh, you mean at, at any point? Well, well, no, don't. Or right when you meet the person. At, if that's the first time you're going to say I love you is the first time you've met them, that's not when to do it, I don't think. I mean, if you're going to, if you've said it on the phone already, cool, then you can say it as often as you like. We've got three more, do we not? Um, Hour three is on the way. We will continue this. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231 at the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Now then, uh, we are breaking the rules of radio by continuing a topic from one hour to the next. But we'll recap briefly for you here. What we've been talking about, it's kind of a fun topic, and you're certainly welcome to chime in with your hints, uh, your suggestions, your tips, the top ten tips for your first date. Things not to do, specifically, on your first date. And Mark, if you could just run down the uh, six or so that we've been through already, you don't have to describe them, but just run through what our listeners have missed if they're just tuning in, which, of course, they can listen later online at freetalklive.com to our archives. Never talk about your ex. It comes in at number one. Do not talk about any medical conditions. Number two. Wait, now, is there a particular order to this? Meh, not a particular order. Okay, no. go ahead. Try not to talk about body parts. Don't compare it, and they, they mean compare to uh, family members and friends and that kind of thing. Leave all your wild party memories at home, and marriage is not a good subject on the first date. That's it? Those are the, the, the six. Yeah, okay, no, great, go, great. Number uh, seven. I just have to c- continue to comment on the uh, the wild party memories. No one wants to hear, you know, about the stuff that you know, your wild and crazy days. They want to hear, you know, about things that actually matter to them, things that uh, they can relate to. I mean, if if that's what your first date is, is comparing uh, drunk stories, that doesn't seem to be a very good basis to start a relationship. Unless mm-hmm. you're both in college. Even so. Yeah, but well. Hey, you know, well, drunk, for being flexible. drunks need love, too. I suppose yeah. if uh, if it works out for you, bye. good luck. All right, let's move on to uh, number six, is it? Seven? Seven. Seven. Uh, religion is for church. If the two of you aren't of the same faith, then leave the whole subject alone. A religious debate is not, a good, con- is not good conversation material on the first few dates. Well, yeah, I guess that presumes you haven't spoken to this person ever in the, you know, before the haven't, day. Haven't spent much time talking to them? Right. Um, because that would seem to be a pretty important area to cover. You know, maybe not the first date, uh, but 
I mean, why if you I, if you're I, I having have to say I'm I'm I have to say I think you should talk about it. I I think so. I'm leaning towards that as well. I, I because... don't think you should spend a lot of time harping on it, right. going over the dogma of the difference between Lutherans and Methodists. I don't think that uh, you should be uh, splitting hairs or anything like that. Right. But to know what the general religion is of the the person you're talking to, I mean, if a uh, a devout Catholic gets put on a, on a date with me, if I didn't have a wife, mm-hmm. um, gets put on a date with me, look. There's no reason for us to finish the meal, let alone go on another date. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there really isn't. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't want to live my life. I do not want to date. I do not want to spend a whole bunch of time of my time with somebody who's devoutly religious. And likely, they don't want to do it with me either. Exactly. So you're either on the date for two reasons, right? To get laid or to have a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Um, so if it's the former, then it doesn't really matter if you discuss religion because you're not interested in a relationship. You're not interested in any long, anything long-term. With the latter, if you're seriously looking into a relationship, if you're looking into having further dates and you know doing something long-term with this person, it would seem to be a pretty important area to cover. And if you haven't covered it in emails or phone conversation prior to the date, then uh, why... Why waste this person's and your time if it's just something that's not going to work? I, as an atheist, I mean, unless you're a really open-minded religious person, you aren't going to want to be around me, that's for sure. I know that. Nick, how do you feel on this one? No, I definitely think it should be discussed. Um, I think there's a difference between discussing and arguing. If if you have workable differences and there's a potential that it will work, I mean, obviously, if you, Ian, and a devoutly religious evangelical person went out that would probably be the end of it. But otherwise, I would say try not to argue about religion on the first day or debate it, but just get it out into the open and discuss how important it is to each of you. It, it may be something you'll want to hold off till the last half of the dinner. That way you can at least enjoy most of your dinner before the fireworks erupt. But if, so, you, do start, if you do start talking about religion and it seems like no matter what you do, you can't steer it away from that sort of debate-style format, then you know it's a wash. You know that you're wasting your time at this point and... Uh, I mean, it's not going to ever. Ha- you're not going to have a second date, so I don't really see the damage there. Then you're. So what about um, politics? I mean, they they mentioned liber- um, religion here, and the the uh, politics isn't one of the. It, ten? it is not one of the ten. So I'm wondering, um, you know, when it comes to libertarians, at least the ones that I talk to on a re- um, regular basis. That is their religion. Um, you know, so yeah. I'm wondering, should you talk about that kind of thing? If I would have talked about politics with my wife um, on the first. I don't know that we had a date ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I would have talked to her about it, I, I don't think that it would have uh, gone over particularly well. My politics versus hers. Um, mine kind of got slipped in on her over time, that kind of thing. So I don't know about uh, what you should talk about and what you shouldn't. I don't think that it's, uh, as far as politics goes, I don't think that it's a, a formula for disaster if a... Uh, Libertarian, uh, you know, is dating. Most people just don't care about politics that much. Most people don't. Uh, they care more about religion than they do about politics. I so. was going to say that, but in the case of a lot of libertarians, um, I get the impression that a lot of them are so principled about their politics mm-hmm. uh, that it could have an effect on the relationship if the other person is not into that. Well, if they're combative in their style of handling things, yeah, it's not going to go well. Um, you can't be combative uh, and beat people over the head with your politics um, and expect anybody, in, in, including your significant other, to, to go for it. So um, part of it's tact. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it is a topic to generally try to stay away from. You might drop 
where which way you lean, mm-hmm. and, but I wouldn't try to get into a big discussion about One it. One thing's for sure, you're not going to be able, if you're dealing with somebody who is apolitical or worse, I mean, an apolitical person, that's no big deal because they don't really have a belief system. Mm-hmm. But if you're going on a date as a libertarian with a dyed-in-the-wool socialist, then, uh, you know, I mean, inevitably sparks may fly in that particular case. It could, um, but it, it, you know as well as I do that uh, socialists and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Republicans, Democrats, everybody but a, basically an authoritarian can be switched sure. um, it's over a, time right. with tact and the right arguments. And I, and when I say arguments, I mean the, the right points are made to this person. Um, you know, usually a socialist wants to see people cared for. You, know, you just handle things uh, in, in a certain fashion right. and talk to them about how the free market can care for people. It should be your, uh, you know, you should consider it your opportunity to test out some of your persuasive techniques, mm-hmm. uh, for instance. You but know, not don't, too many of them. No, certainly not. But there's a difference. There's a key difference between argumentation and persuasion. It's a huge difference. It's uh, it's a wide uh, you know chasm of difference. Uh, and there's there are some excellent books and audio uh, features over at the uh, theadvocates.org. That's the Advocates mm-hmm. for Self Government. They will teach you how to be persuasive with your libertarian beliefs. So they'll teach you not to puke your uh, your belief system over somebody, not to you know drown them in your uh, your belief system. Because to liberty-minded people, it's important that we associate with other liberty-minded people. And so I can understand the desire for someone to share everything that they've learned in that first date, and that's just not the right approach. Um, If an issue comes up, understand how to approach it from a persuasive standpoint, but, you know, don't bat- beat somebody over the head, especially if it's their first time coming across this information. Mm. Now, of course, you can head all this off at the pass by dating somebody who already is a libertarian, but finding that person is, you know, very difficult. Especially if you're a guy. Well, yeah, that is true. Though, uh, though, the I girls can write their tickets when it comes to libertarianism. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's right. A libertarian female can really have her uh, the pick of the litter, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did see I did see a website once, and uh, did you ever go after these guys, Mark? LibertarianPassions.com? I uh, wrote them an email and have not got a response. There is a website out there that purports to be a dating site just for libertarians. But and how do they handle the gender imbalance? Because <laughs> the libertarian movement as a whole is probably breaks, what, four or five know. to one? If they make any money, guys? they make it on the guys. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a free site, so anyway. And I'll bet the numbers are higher than four or five to one. <laughs> okay. So let's continue. Uh, number eight. Your sex life shouldn't be made public. Now is not the time to ask any sexual questions if you want a second date, is what the advice here is. And I, I'd say largely that's true, um, but I've always, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, what about deviants? What do these people do? Um, how do they... How they do, meet on websites. I guess. I don't know what they do before No, the really, websites. they do. We remember that chick? Uh, we had a uh, one of the Shriners. She uh, was a bit of a deviant. We won't name names, uh, but she basically told me that she meets people of similar interests, you know, the whole S&M thing, mm-hmm. whips and chains, on the Internet. Um, her current boyfriend is somebody she met online, and uh, that's how it's done. <laughs> so we have one more? Um, we have two. Two more things that you shouldn't do on the first date. And if you've got something that we've missed, please share it with us, 800-259-9231, or maybe a dating story to from hell, something that went terribly wrong. Call in. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. 
And Mark. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where there are live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version as well, both free for you at freetalklive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's d2z.org. We're talking about the top ten things that you shouldn't do, at least according to one website. And, and we've sort of agreed and disagreed as we've gone through these, uh, these, these ten things. We have two more things remaining, the top ten things you shouldn't do when on a first date. And most of these things sort of presume that this is like the first time you're ever really having a significant chance to talk to this person. I think that most of these uh, items presume you haven't had very many phone conversations, you haven't sent very many emails or instant messages, and this really is your first real opportunity to connect with this person. Mark, let's continue uh, these uh, thoughts, and of course, uh, want to hear your maybe dating uh, hell stories, uh, something that uh, went terribly wrong, uh, maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. Share your stories with us at 800-259-9231. Mark, continue uh, with the final two things. Avoid all gross topics. Anything that has to do with using the restroom or someone getting sick is not a turn-on. You wouldn't openly pass gas on the first date. They're, they're not talking to you, Ian. Maybe what? Um, you wouldn't openly pass gas on the first date, so don't talk about it either. Number 10, you're not, not going to say anything, are you? Oh, what can you say about that? Most would, people are very sensitive. Would you per- pass gas openly on the first date? Probably not. Not in that situation. How about one of your big bel- belches where you can say the alphabet? All the way to the <laughs> I can't do that. Q. <laughs> I can't do that. Go on. It's amazing. I, I, I like it when he does like a, a jazz uh, scat. You know, he'll do in, in a bird. It's amazing. Do not talk about I'm a talented man. What can I say? <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say to it. Do not talk about weight. Even if the other person only orders a small salad, don't ask if they're on a diet or watching their weight. Hmm, Never yeah, ask. That's, that's bad territory, I would think. Never ask any questions that has to do with uh, weight at all. Both men and women are sensitive about their size and shape. Your date might be thin, but asking them statements about weight or size might get the impression uh, they might get the impression that um, you're not physically attracted to them or that you think they're not in shape. So, I think that's a good one. Dodging yeah. weight. Those last two definitely good ideas. Eight hundred. So, you're a little hippie, aren't you, honey? You know, that's not really going to make you engender any friends. No. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Brandon in Indiana. Brandon, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, I, I really wasn't going to call in. I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about this, but the uh, dating horror story uh, really caught me. Okay. <laughs> and I got I got a good story, and it's um not so much a horror story as it is just you kind of, and it's not going to really evoke a, a big reaction, but I went on a a date with a girl one time. I asked her out. She said, "Yeah, all right." And I picked her up and took her out to eat. And then we went to a. Actually, we went to a football game. And I think that she might have said maybe two sentences the entire time. She was a little, patched, I, little scared. You think? Or? I, I, I guess. Well, you know, I really don't know. Were I never you? really talked to her after the date because I thought, you know, I mean, you can make mistakes when you're talking. You could talk about some of these things you're saying. But the worst thing you do is just not say anything at all. Yeah. What were you asking her questions? Were you giving yeah, her opportunities? Yeah, I was asking her questions. I was making conversation, and it she, sometimes she just stare, sit there and look at me. She hold on. <laughs> and you, I thought, you know you'd, what? You'd, I could, you'd I could just, just make statements, and she would just sit there and look at you. Yeah. Just, wow. 
hi. Like, I mean, I was I was actually in the process of uh, my buddy and I. We had a bet going on, and um, you were betting uh, on the date. Uh, no, no, I didn't okay. have anything to do with date. I was t- I was telling her a story about a bet my buddy and I made, uh-huh. and we had a year to build a wrestling ring in the backyard, and we were building it and stuff. And something like that would usually evoke a reaction from a person. Like, why in the heck are you building a wrestling ring? What was that all about? Some comment to at le- to at least uh, acknowledge that they're listening to you. Exactly, but just just nothing, just looking. Did she nod and go? Mm-hmm. Was she looking at you in the eyes? Uh, no, it's, it's been, it was uh it was last fall. So it's kind of hard to remember, but I just I just remember that not much was said at all. It was how did really the date weird. end? Uh, I dropped her off, and she said bye, and I said goodbye. <laughs> how old how was she in comparison to you? How old? Um, I think I was a I would have been a sophomore in college, and I think she was a freshman. Okay. Do you huh. think it's possible this was her first date ever? You know that that might not. That's probably a pretty good guess there, Ian. It could have been. She's a little young, you know. Or I mean, I understand kids date at younger and younger ages these days, usually with the blessings of their parents or without. Uh, but I, so I understand that that's the case. But there's still people who, um, I mean, myself at that age, that would have been, you know, at that age, that would have been my first date. That's well, for sure. Uh, yeah, freshman in college. Oh, freshman in college. I'm sorry, I missed that. I thought you were saying high school. Yeah, I, I wondered if you, did, if you missed that. No, I was a sophomore in college. And she would have been a freshman. Not impossible to be the first date, but yeah, still. I was gonna say it's still not impossible. But Where did you meet the girl? Uh, just I met her at school. Either and I'd really we we'd uh, exchanged a few things on the internet. Uh, she just lived in the dorm next to me, and I was just talking to her every once in a while. And I said, "Hey, you want to go get something to eat?" I really don't have anything to do. So, would you say you had more conversation with her before the date than actually during the date? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. So it, that's it, but, strange. But, but um. Because that was the first time I'd really talked to her much in person. I think I'd wave to her or said hi to her um, going to class once or twice. And, you know, I didn't have much to do, and I was on my way to watch my, aunt, watch my cousin uh, play in a football, high school football game. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, that could be fun. I mean, she liked football. And so, um, and so wow. I just thought, okay, well, we'll go do that. It's just a nice night. Not a big deal, but she just didn't say anything. You I don't thought, seem like an intimidating type, so I don't know if that was. I mean, it's it's no, one of the two. I, I actually asked a friend of mine. We were trying to uh, decide what type of animals we would be, and she said I was a flying squirrel. And the girl said that. Of, no, not the girl. The just another friend of mine. Just because I'm not intimidating at all, okay. and I've got quirks about me, I guess, just kind of goofy stuff like the wrestling ring thing. So. Yeah. And you, so, yeah. Do you know if this girl was? Would, did you see her interact with other people at all on campus before the date or after? Uh, no, not necessarily. I don't think. I think she had a sister on campus or something like that. So yeah, so she may be just sort of somebody who's in her. She's in a little shell. She doesn't have a lot of uh, a lot of social network uh, that she's plugged into necessarily. Maybe shy, just generally in person, and extra shy when it came time for the oh, pressure yeah. to be I, on. I, just thought, I thought, man, am I? Am I I actually, I was kind of. It, it might have been kind of weird because uh, my parents were at the football game, but my mom, my mom looked at me af- after uh, afterwards and she said, "What was that about?" I said, "Mom, I have no idea." Well, I, I, I can't even tell you anything about. Was it. your was your mo- your mom was at the football uh, at the state with with you? Well, uh, <laughs> we went out to eat, and then um, my mom and some of my just other yes or family no. members were at the football <laughs> game. I'm just wondering if, because I'm, I'm either the girl is a um, she didn't like you at all, or b she was petrified. The, uh, those are the only two yeah, things I, I can right. come up with. And if mom is thrown into the equation in some way, 
Um, I'm wondering, and now she came in halfway through. Well, keep, oh, well, keep in mind during the uh, we were eating dinner. Uh huh. And she didn't say anything. We the meaning girl. you, the girl, and your mom, or no, you the girl? No, 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 absolutely not. Okay, so mom was not part of the date. No, that's no what we way. want to make sure. Okay. What not happened until, to the girl not until afterwards? We went to the football game, and my mom was just sitting there. What happened to the girl afterwards? Did you let it drop? Did you contact her? No, I just said goodbye, and we huh. never really ever talked again. What a shame. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate yep. the story. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Calls are all over the map. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, whether it be uh, dating tips or serious issues. Uh, and dating, I guess, is pretty serious for some people. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, the bulletin board system included. Over 250,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, and start with Ken in North Carolina. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I wanted to comment on Mark's Catch-22 that y- y'all have been talking about for are, the past few days. Are you days. on a speakerphone or in the bathroom? Uh, in the kitchen. Okay. It just sounds kind of like speakerish. But go ahead. Your comment, sir. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, what I wanted to say was you you had a few callers and you kind of left it with socialists or sickos and kind of like sociopaths or psychopaths. I wanted to kind of defend against that a little bit. I don't really think that's true to say about communists or socialists. Well, they may not, not realize it. One. They probably don't. They, you know, they, they're not conscious of the fact that the, what they're supporting is sociopathic um, and dangerous. But it is true. But please go ahead and defend them. I'd, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Well, okay. Yes. The only way that they could be considered sociopathic and sick, I mean, would kind of be because of the numbers game. And the numbers game would say that. While 90% of the population would set, would tend to agree with property rights and self-ownership that they're a, such a small minority that they're kind of considered to be crazy. But in the same kind of way, so would you. I don't think socialists are in the minority, sir. I think that self-avowed socialists may be a minority, but I think many Americans have socialist tendencies, whether or not they actually are conscious and of the, it. The difference, I can defend my uh, my friend here. Now, you just um, claimed that he would be crazy, and I will not dispute that. I will, however, dispute his sociopathic tendencies. Soci- sociopaths are willing to harm others for their own benefit. Ian believes in a system that of you know n- never aggressing against anyone so he wouldn't fall into well, the sociopathic that's, what I, that's basically what I'm calling in to say is that really the communist or the socialist isn't like a sociopath like you just said that the sociopath believe I mean believes that you know it's there's nothing wrong with harming another person where I've never met a communist that just wanted to 
steal things from people. Who you're right. Are using you're right. Them. Okay. You're, it's an important point. If you talk to a socialist or a commie about violence, they will swear it off. They're not in favor of violence. My system doesn't. I don't want to en- enact violence on everybody, and that may be true. They personally may abhor violence. They personally would never consider coming but to now you you're and say taking that things they from They have you. governments to but do their they violence. Su- exactly. They support the state to doing the that's violence not, in their I mean, name. That's not really true either, though. Socialism can work in a free market way as well. At the same time, you don't have to have a government or a monopoly on force. Well, socialism to... does require a government around, uh, but the communism, communism doesn't necessarily. Com- people could voluntarily but enter communism a communism. means like a commune. Right. Commun- yeah. You're, yeah, you're confused on your terms. Uh, so, yes, people can absolutely, in a free market, organize themselves onto some sort of communal property situation if they want to. And as long as everyone's volunteering into that, then I have no objection to it. It's well, uh, when, when you involve the that, government that there's that, Wouldn't that in itself, though, still create another valid free market system where you can volunteer into the communist free market system or you can, I mean, if that's There's your belief one. and that's your frame of mind, then it kind of goes back to what Mark was saying about that person ha- doesn't have the mentality of that he's stealing from you or that he There's is. no other free market system. There's just the free market. The free market is absence is the absence of government regulation. And so in the free market, people can organize themselves in whichever ways they feel is, the, is best. The market will self-organize itself. Inevitably, you'll have the communists living on some commune in the woods somewhere, growing their cabbage or whatever the heck it is that they're growing. And, uh, and the capitalist-minded people uh, will gather together and, uh, and they'll have their own private property and that sort of thing. There, there aren't, there's not more than one free market. There's just the free market, whether whether it exists say, or not. But how can you how can you possibly say if it's a free market and there's no government, then how do you draw the boundaries? I mean, what's to say that I I being a socialist and I'm not one, but if if I was a socialist or okay a communist, yeah, and I you have you're in and you're on your plot of land and every day you drive uh gray Mercedes, and you also have a red pickup truck. Well, if I need a pickup truck with my frame of mind of property rights, which is not to say that I don't believe in property rights, but I believe that it's everybody's property. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, you would see that as not believing in property rights, but I don't think so because I need a truck, and and you have a truck. And I'm just going to come, or you don't have a truck, there is a truck. And I'm just going to come up and use the truck. You're not using it. Well, then you're going to find that uh, my protection agency is going to uh, meet up with you and have a few words. Um, you know, it's you're going to be it's going to be a fool's well, errand to start stealing property. No, it's not. It's the defense it's of my property. It. It's not steal, especially if I if I don't plan on taking it or selling it. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I, what, I mean, what if I want to use use the truck and put it back for someone else to use? Well, you know, when you were growing up, your parents told you it was nice to ask people permission before you use their thing. You don't go and you just take things from people. Um, so, you know, this is basic kindergarten stuff. And if you don't understand that, then you'll be dealt with appropriately. And it won't be initiation of force because you'd be stealing someone's things. So, I'm really, I mean, is this confusing? It's not really. I don't think you. I don't think you. You really see it. I don't really think that you still understand how a communist might 
think. I mean, communists definitely. It doesn't matter how they think. I know how they think. Property rights. I know how the communists think. You know, they would rather not believe in property. Unfortunately, it pretty much exists, so it's hard for them to not do that. But they'd like to think that they don't want to believe in property. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes. Okay, well, whose property is the bathroom or the kitchen? My parents. Or any other room that you want to be in and then someone else wants to be in that room. Are you talking about when I was a young person? Yeah. My parents. It was their house, and they made that very clear to me. I remember when I used to, uh, when I bought my own video game systems when I was a kid, and I thought, ha, I saved my money, and I'm using the, uh, you know, this is my video game system, Mom. You can't take it away from me, because it was mine. I, I paid for it. I'd earned that money, and I paid for it. And my parents said, you know what? You're right. We can't take that from you, but it's our electricity. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And they had me. What could I say to that? I wasn't paying the electric bill, so they, uh, they were, that was a legit excuse for them. They were paying the bills. It's their property. Sounds their good, but um, you know, I, 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 I feel for the caller. I can't remember what his name was. What was it? It was uh, Ken in North Carolina. And now feel, we're going. Hmm? I feel for Ken because he, you're just. We're not, I'm never going to be able to drive home this point about the commie um, and property. Right, home because with it's you. an illegitimate point, as we've discussed ad infinitum. Let's continue with Daryl in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Daryl. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Um. Your comment, basically, or the gentleman's comment about the free market can provide everything. Um, in the state in which you live, what does your state constitution say about owning property? Does your property belong to the state and you just basically lease it through the home ownership? Is that addressed in state constitutions? I've never seen that. Yes, in it is. I don't read it's, constitutions because it's no, not. A, I, 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 before you go jumping off on, you know everything. If you I get didn't online, say I know everything. So I didn't okay, read the you, Constitution. Okay, if you get online and look up, I think it's uh, Missouri. I think it's Missouri or Minnesota. One of those two states, right in the very beginning of their state constitution, property is is owned by the person. In other words, you have an little title to it. Wow, that's great. Okay, most states you don't. But basically, my my call was in reference to you know this comment about the free market. Um, the problem with that is, from my perspective, you look at um, look at all the major industries that produce food, whether it's chickens, hogs, pigs, beef, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they've decided that you know they can add anything into the meat they want. Let's they talk can... about that. Hang on, I'll bring you back. More on the way. Discussing food in the free market. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call, maybe, if you make it now. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick's Nick. asleep. And Mark. Well, he's not used to the... Uh, he's new to this whole setup. radio thing. Uh, by the way, Nick is the uh, the new co-host of Free Minds TV. Toby's still on Free Minds TV. It's just that he's busy some Tuesdays, and so we're going to have him switching off uh, on Tuesday nights. And uh, so visit him at uh, freemindstv.com. Check out great show, uh, internet uh, viewable via YouTube. Let's continue with the phone calls here. Uh, again, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Be sure to AMP the show if you like Free Talk Live. You want to help support us, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get some perks, but the most important thing is you're helping spread this show to more markets to get more new listeners on board with the message of freedom and liberty. Let's continue with the phone calls, though, and go back to Daryl in Montana. Now, Daryl, you are going to address a concern that you have, or at least that, as I in- interpreted it, with uh, the free market, and you were just getting into discussing food. Well, basically, you look at all of these you know, various companies that, you know, you were talking about animal rights earlier, and this kind of gets to be a, kind of a convoluted conversation. But, 
you have all these corporations that basically want to own the rights to plants, genetics, and, you know, food preparation, and now we're going to grow hamburger in a lab and all kinds of totally insane things. There's no ethics associated with it. There's no value uh, system associated with it. It seems to be because we can do it, then we can sell it. What's wrong? And just as an aside, what's wrong with growing hamburger in a lab? Personally, I think it's disgusting. What if it tastes just as good as the uh, the real thing? How do you know that? You'd put it in your mouth and try it. Okay. So what about the latest thing about the FDA and the USDA using uh, carbon monoxide to keep meat meat red in the market? What do you think of that? I think think the FDA and the USDA should be abolished. Well, that's true. Okay. But likely, part of the problem with the free market mentality is there, you know, I'm not trying to advocate more government regulations. I'm just trying to kind of come to a common sense perspective on, you know, the basic do's and don'ts. I mean, you look back 100 years ago, 50 years ago, on how people raised animals and, and crops and things. I mean, there was a certain amount of ethics associated with how the animals were treated. Now there there isn't any. You know, it's like whatever you can I don't agree with that. There are, the, uh, there are plenty of free-range chickens, for instance, uh, all kinds of uh, companies out there that are selling their products, their um, animal products, based on how they treat their animals. That's a big selling point these days. No, I understand that, but that's not, that's not the major, you know, fundamental supplier of the food in the U.S. anymore. Okay, so I, when you have, I, you as know, I understand it, they're gaining market share. I mean, look at the well, organic industry. they are, industry. and that's one of the reasons why the USDA and the FDA are trying to figure out ways to crush these guys. I mean, like animal tags and all this stuff that they've been trying to push. That's basically to keep the individual from being able to feed themselves. That and much I think is true. Totally DownsizedDC.org has addressed that, uh, where they're mandating these uh, these RFID tags essentially be in, implanted in herds, and uh, they're making it so it's much more onerous to uh, comply as a small business than it is as a uh, a big right. company. And so, but yeah, just, you're right. The government is there protecting the established if interests. You, if you go back to 1972 and you look at how all of the various state constitutions were changed, like here in Montana, the governor, the, the people voted against it, so the governor used executive privilege to make it into law. Well, by doing that, it puts us under region, we're in region eight, so we get most of our dictates from Colorado, and I know that sounds weird, but Montana, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, and Wyoming are under that regional area. So if you go back and look at history and look at 1970s when they went through this whole thing about changing the Constitution and compare the original one to the one that we have now for state constitutions, you can see where a variety of our rights you know, massively disappeared. Sure. Uh, you're so, not going to find any disagreement here. It sounds to me like you're agreeing with us more often than not in that, you you know, I mean, it's the FDA and the USDA and these companies or the, uh, these government organizations that are protecting big corporate interests uh, at the cost of little of the little guy. And so, you know, well, you let the marketplace the cost, operate and all that goes away. Well, your health as well. You know, your health as well. I mean, well, you know, pretty soon, the, no, I don't know. I, I, here, here's what I'm, I... I I think that one of the things that uh, this took me a long time to get over. I really had a difficult time imagining how we would uh, have our food labeled and um, we would understand what was in our food in the free market. And I think I've got it. So um, lar- likely um, what's happening is that the, the, the little guys run out by the big guy because of the FDA and all these other little rules. You can't. 
I can't milk my cow and then sell it on the side of the street. Why? Because all the milk producers have gotten together, and they're going to run me out of business because my stuff isn't pasteurized. It's not homogenized. It hasn't gone through some vat, and likely it could kill somebody. You know, um, instead, I have, to, I have to buy black market whole milk if I want such a thing, right? Right. Um, but well, then you can also buy a percentage of the cow where you get the milk from, and then they can't say anything. Right, right. Well, the, the, always the free market comes comes around ways, but it's the people that aren't just aren't quite as interested as you are in getting um, raw milk. Um, you or I are in getting raw milk. It's Look, those people. I can't even go. I can't even go out to a restaurant anymore and eat a decent meal because ninety percent of the time I'd be in a coma for four hours on the couch because of soy or some other crappy product that they put in there. What I'm saying is your choices will be increased by the free market. People that, well, hopefully. People that, of course they will. You know, likely they would. Um, I, I think that there are definitely um, some cases where food manufacturers, in order to cut costs, will use carbon monoxide to keep uh, meat fresher. But there are lots of people out there, people that are concerned, that will say, look, I don't want any carbon monoxide injected into the, uh, the, the packet that my meat's, meat's in in order to keep it fresher. And I want a certification that that hasn't been done. And there are going to be stores. And uh, thank you for the call, by the way. It's great hearing from you. There are going to be stores that are going to do that job for the consumer. They're going to say, you know, we've heard about these practices. Of Whole this Foods injecting. likely does it already. Right. We've heard about this injecting practice. We are not going to purchase any meat that has, you know, been engaged in this mm-hmm. practice. We want the freshest of the fresh meat. You may have to pay a little bit more for it here at this store, but we're guaranteeing you that this is going to be the freshest meat you have, you've ever eaten. I mean, those sorts of guarantees can be made at the retail, uh, you know, through retail channels mm-hmm. to the, the end consumer. And you're absolutely right, Mark, in saying that there are going to be more choices in the absence of government regulation simply because the little guys can jump into the game without having to jump through all these FDA or USDA hoops in order to sell their products to the consumer. Since I've been doing this show, I've just seen several stories. I've uh, paid attention. You can't, you can't have chickens and sell the eggs here in Keene. Somebody has made a law that you can't sell eggs off of your, um, you know, off your front porch step here in Keene. Amazing. Now, it may be because of the eggs. It may be because they don't want people having little roadside stands. I don't know what the reason is, but people want to be able to get farm fresh eggs from free range chickens and they want to be able to see the chickens. Some people do. Not everybody does. Some people, you know, find buying eggs out of the store and from chickens that are kept in tiny little cages their whole lives. That's fine. I would prefer to have my eggs um, brown and coming from chickens that I can watch run around and, and, and chase crap in the dirt and that kind of thing. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, uh, sorry about uh, hanging up the other day. Uh, my battery, battery's on my phone That's right now. That's okay. We don't want to hear remember, well, Nobody wants to hear your excuses, Chris. <laughs> um, go on. Go on. Uh, <laughs> what I was calling about is, have you guys heard about the... Uh, the um, cell phones, uh, even when they're turned off, the, the government uh, or like FBI or whatever can actually still hear through the phone. I've heard that they uh, they have built-in backdoors like that, yes. Um, so therefore, if you want to ensure that your uh, privacy is protected, take the battery out of the back. Well, um, yeah. That's the way <laughs> yeah. to do it. Chris, yeah. thanks for the call, man. Short on time. Let's continue with David in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, David. Greetings, my North American comrades. Hey, dude, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, when it comes to stealing, I think the capitalists would be more inclined to steal to steal than the communists. Why would. is that, Dave? What do you got because against capitalism? Because the capitalist got money on his mind, and he knows if he could take something for nothing, he could get you know no money. A communist knows 
you can't get nothing without labor and work and that and that whatever I don't really Dave you know I I really don't know where you really learned about communism versus capitalism well, well, I'm guessing it was in government school that communism is like Stalin or Mao but yeah, it is. communism is like Jesus it's like a family like the guy was saying it it's love it's it's forget about the But it the doesn't gold. work that way Dave forget about the gold it's it's that that you could buy good vegetables because the corporate influence is the one stopping the guy from selling eggs. No, it's the government that's, uh, that's could, stopping people from selling eggs. You sell your eggs with the love that you know that you're not selling no damn... Uh, you know, Dave, I don't know why you have this love for communism. Someone. I really don't, uh, because, I mean, every time no, it's been tried, it's been know. a failure, the, the, my the friend. Way, the way was the first communist. It was the first group that wanted to follow Jesus. They lived together. They, they, I've they, been on communes before. They're the most ugly, well, well, nasty. No, that, that, you know, those are bad, whatever. You know, it's all and, bad, and Dave. Do you live on a commune? Beings. Wait a minute. Now Do you live on a commune? Human beings, right? Do you live on a commune, Dave? We're short oh. on time. Uh, kind of. I live on Earth. Earth no, different. <laughs> that's different. Hey, man, call us again hey. on this one. When we have a little bit more time. We'll discuss it further with you. It's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. It's just, I mean, every time it's tried, it's, it fails. Even at a, 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 a micro level, even at a level with three people living together, they can't make it work. It's just an awful idea. And we'll be back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.